So Liz Merrill, the story you've reported starts with a search party, a search party that's fanning across a St. Louis park in the middle of the night. Can you just set the scene for me? It was a hot, humid night in early August. It's around midnight. And there's no one around except for this five-person search party. One or two of them have flashlights, but otherwise they're using their cell phone flashlights. They have a set of traps, and they have copious amounts of tuna juice. They are basically rooting through this area in downtown St. Louis, close to the ballpark, which has abundant plants and trees and plenty of places to hide. What are they looking for, Liz? They're looking for a very special cat who helped the Cardinals win a really important baseball game in August against their I-70 rivals, the Kansas City Royals. It was the summer of 2017 when this group of cat-loving volunteers unwittingly catwalked into a feline fracas of truly epic proportions. Because the St. Louis rally cat is not just a legend. He, and yes, it is a he, is the precursor to the cat cameos we're seeing across all of sports today. And ESPN senior writer Liz Merrill did a lot more than scratch the surface to fully tell this kitten's tale. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, September 22nd. This is ESPN Daily. So, Liz Merrill, I understand that you identify as a cat person. <laughs> now, I identify as a cat person, but not a crazy cat lady. <laughs> it's a, Even it's though I fit some of the stereotypes. <laughs> Look, I have it under control, but I, I think there's a general caring for animals and especially cats, but not to the point of having like too many of them. Yes, but hold on. When you turn on a sporting event lately, Liz Merrill, I mean... Cats are having a moment. You know, I'm watching cats cling by a claw dangling over fans from the balcony at a football stadium at a University of Miami game. We're watching enraptured as the cat dangles and then falls. But thankfully, there is this fan or a bunch of fans using an American flag as like a receiving fireman type blanket. And... The sound, Liz, the eruption of applause when everybody realizes the cat is alive. I mean, that was my favorite moment in sports cats from this year. I'm curious if if you've processed all of this phenomena in a similar way. Uh, yes. You know, you had the Yankee cat, which ran on the field with the Yankees. They need another cat to run on the field. I think they were like 16 and three after that cat. Look at this thing go. This is faster than anybody on the Yankees. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> Just, they can't catch this cat. Just open the door and let him in the bullpen. 
Yeah, it feels like when a camera catches a cat at a sporting event now, it immediately goes viral, Liz. But the greatest story in this increasingly packed genre, I think, is the one you just reported for us. And that is why I brought you here today. So please take all of us back to 2017. It's the summer. Back to when the legend of Rally Cat all began. So it was the I-70 series. The Royals were playing the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. It's St. Louis Cardinals baseball, the Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals. Ten years ago tonight. It was a game that for both teams was really important. It was August and and they were hovering around 500. They They both had big playoff hopes. So there was a big game for both of them. It was the bottom of the sixth inning. The Royals are up five to four. Peter Moylan comes in. He's a submarine thrower. He comes into a a situation where there's two runners on. Peter Moylan gets a lot of ground ball outs, and the Royals need one here. Gets two batters out, intentionally walks a batter, and the bases are loaded for Yachty. Right-hander against right-handed batter. Molina, bases loaded. Two outs here at the bottom of the sixth. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, Liz, the cat gets let out of the bag, so to speak. Yes. There are rally squirrels back, Danny. That's That's a cat. That's a cat. And Moylan would say that he didn't even realize what was going on until Yachty pointed his bat toward the outfield. (laughs) We should say that this is a kitten. This is a really tiny kitten. Maybe weighs two pounds. Two pounds and most of its fur. It's adorable. It is. <laughs> it's a cute one. The kitten is scared. He's running around. He slows down as he gets to Lorenzo Kane in the outfield. He's going after Lorenzo Kane saying, please help me. Are all these fans cheering for me? And Lorenzo Kane, for the record, is just sort of like standing there watching in in some sort of frozen awe is how I would imagine his monologue internally is going. Yes, he doesn't do anything. Maybe he's been around cats and knows not to pick them up (laughs) when they're scared. So as the stadium is going insane and all of the cameras are now pointed at this tiny, tiny kitten, what is the standard protocol for if you're like a stadium worker. Like, what are you supposed to do in a situation involving a cat on the field? How do they respond in this case? You know, it's something that doesn't really happen, and so they had no protocol. You don't think that, like, someone else is going to get to be like, whose job is it? No one really has that job. Lucas Hackman, at this time, is a 20-year-old college student. He's a groundskeeper, and... He turns to a groundskeeper with a lot more seniority than him and says, what do we do? I was like, Tim, try to go get this cat. And he was like, yeah, you you, you go get it. He's like, okay, I'm going to go out and get it. Just kind of instantly just a rush of adrenaline entered my body. And I could essentially like hear my heartbeat in my head because I was just kind of nervous, knew that like all eyes were on me and this cat. So he takes off. He runs toward the cat. He gets the cat cornered. And he has not thought this through. (laughs) Obviously. That becomes clear on the video, by the way. And there's only one guy going for the cat. 
He picks up the cat and he's holding the cat like a football. <laughs> the cat begins to bite and scratch Lucas. So when I'm running back, getting just bit and my hand getting like scratched uh, multiple times. And he's doing it again. You've got to hold him from the back of their neck. So he has to run across the field with this cat while the cat is still gnarling at him and biting and scratching him. And if you've ever tried to pick up a cat like that, most people's instincts are to drop it. But he can't. Literally all I'm thinking about is do not drop this cat because if I drop it, then I'm going to look even worse trying to chase it down again. And I knew that I was on the big screen because every time I got bit by it or like had kind of a dramatic reaction of, of the pain, uh, like everyone in the, in the stadium would, would like get louder or cheer. There it is. Ow, ow, stop it. You know, this is his job. Well, he didn't know it was his job until like five seconds earlier, but this is his job. This is what I thought was like very athletic and amazing. He's still running at full speed. He actually jumps the fence with the cat in tow (laughs) as he leaves the stadium. It is, yeah, that he's able to do that and hang on to the cat. Everyone compliments me on my little leap over over the wall. But I jumped up and just started running through the stands up there. I was in a lot of pain. Um, so my hand yeah. was actually, like, covered in blood. Like, I got bit a couple times and scratched all down my arm. So when I got to the concourse, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm putting this thing down. So he sets the cat down near the Stan Musial statue outside the concourse area. Right when I sat down, it was bolted, like, right outside the stadium. So the kitten has just left the stadium. Lucas is off getting help at first aid. And the Cardinals and the Royals, meanwhile, they're gearing up to restart this baseball game. So how did those teams, how did the teams themselves react to all this? Well, it sure was annoying for the Royals. But the the Cardinals, I mean, they loved it. During the game, you know, when the cat is running out there, Dexter Fowler is, is laughing at first base. It was a spectacle more than it was an annoyance. And for Moylan, I mean... Yes, Moylan, the reliever for the Royals, he was not amused. Once you're in the middle and you're the pitcher, the game doesn't start without you. So you are basically, you're the guy that runs the pace of the game. Um, yeah. To stand still and watch, and watch grounds crew try and chase down a cat while I'm supposed to be staying focused and locked in on getting one of the greatest catches to ever play the game out, that was never going to be a good situation for someone like me. In his mind, he's trying not to watch what's going on and not watch the cat because he's so focused. He doesn't want anything to do with laughing or anything to do with that cat. All that It's a big game. This is, yes. like a, this is a pivotal point in the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals seasons. Yeah, this was a huge game. And for him, it was a huge distraction. And... Then he's got to go back and pitch to Yachty. And that first pitch uh, that flies out of his hand. Here's a 1-0 pitch to Yachty or Molina. Molina, deep left. Great The rally Yeah, he crushes it. I mean, Molina crushes a fastball over the left field wall. It's a grand slam. The Cardinals win the game. 
It seems like the Cardinals thought this whole thing was possum, and the Royals thought it was a real catastrophe. Oh, my. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> the rally cat. One pitch later. Grand slam. Having some fun tonight. Five in a row. Eight-five the final. And Liz, I, I, look, it turns out that the Cardinals fan base, they were especially primed to find a deeper meaning in this cat and in that moment. And explain why. So back in 2011, the Cardinals were in the playoffs in the NLDS against the Phillies. And a squirrel ran out onto the field and (laughs) ran across home plate. That's right. And there's a squirrel that ran right in front of home plate. And now he's in the stands. The Cardinals go on to have this magical and also breathtakingly exciting World Series run. And they end up winning the World Series. And the Cardinals are World Series champions! So this squirrel becomes like their official mascot, it's their mojo, and it is called the Rally Squirrel. So fast forward six years later, and they're looking for some magic again. And they're, baseball, I can't think of another sport that is as superstitious as baseball. So when that cat ran out of the field, it only made sense to name it the Rally Cat. So Rally Cat is becoming the cat's meow around St. Louis. And Lucas, the groundskeeper, Liz, I mean, he's starting to realize just how enormous the story he's involved in might be. What happens? So his brother takes him to the hospital. His brother is also a groundskeeper. I think the first taste of how big this was going to be from Lucas's perspective is when he's getting stitches on his gnarled up hand and nurses start stopping by to take photos with him. It was such big news. Like even the nurses were coming out and taking pictures with me. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching MLB Network and I'm watching SportsCenter and the highlight is just going and going. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? The next morning, he's doing a radio show, and then he's on SportsCenter. From about 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., I did, I want to say, over like 30 to 40 interviews. People were wanting pictures with me. I mean, I was signing things, which just sounds preposterous. And then Conan O'Brien does a skit about the cat and has one of his people dress up like Lucas. Let's give the field crew member a hand. Come on. And to this day, he's known as the rally cat guy four years later, and he loves it. You have no idea how many times like people will pull up that video in front of me and I have to watch. I mean, it literally happened last night. And it's like, do you remember the rally cat guy? And everybody does. <laughs> Lucas... His phone was blowing up after the on-the-field incident, and it was already going viral. The first like phone call that I could answer, because I was getting so many at the same time, was my boss. 
And I, so I answered that, and he was like, asked me if I was okay, and he asked me where I put the cat. And I was like, oh, I just set it down. Like, I'm not sure where the cat is at all. <laughs> Lucas didn't know that he was supposed to hang on to it, and he didn't know it was going to be a famous cat. But the Cardinals at that point, it was clear that the Cardinals wanted the cat. But the cat wasn't there. All right, Liz, after the break, we try to find Rally Cat. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So Liz, you had told us that Lucas Hackman, the now viral groundskeeper at Bush Stadium, he had set Rallycat down on the concourse near Stan Musial's statue somewhere, and then Rallycat just runs off into the night. What were you able to learn about what happened through your reporting after that? Well, there is a woman who buys standing room only tickets. She lives downtown. Her name is Corey Harris. She's a cat lover. She turns to an usher, a stadium worker nearby, and says, what's going to happen to the cat? Corey says that that worker told her it would probably just be thrown out into the street. She knows the stadium really well because she's been there. And she pro- I would assume she saw where he was running out with the cat and headed that way. I followed where the usher said they were going to put him, and that's where he was outside the main gate. And she sees the cat and grabs the cat. She stopped as she's leaving the stadium by stadium employees, and she tells them that she's going to take care of the cat. So I lied to them and told them it was my cat and picked him up and was walking him home. Stopped by two guys that work at the Cardinals, talked to them, they have the information. She's walking a few blocks with the cat, taking photos, because everybody's already enamored by this cat. Of course. And this cat is very distinct. People are wanting to hold Rally Cat. She's like, no. And she passes City Garden, which is this downtown area with, like, a lot of trees and bushes and all. And the cat, at this point, probably sees a place to escape. So he escapes her clutches and leaps out of her arms and is lost in the foliage and shrubbery of the City Garden. It's dark at this point. And now everybody is looking for the cat. We did a rotation. We had people here all night. Um, as far as I know, he hasn't come out, but we don't 
I don't know where he is. Yeah, so wait, is this where the story ends, though, for Corey? She has lost the cat that she had big plans for, and is that it? Well, Corey wakes up the next morning, and there's reporters at her door of her apartment building. She couldn't leave her building because of the media attention. She was getting nasty messages, and she thought there was an insinuation by the fans, but including the Cardinals, her beloved team, that she had stolen their cat. Wait, the Cardinals? What did they say about Corey's role in all of this? The Cardinals uh, issued a statement, and it said, as our ushers tried to contain the cat, a fan grabbed it and claimed it was hers. As she left the ballpark, our security team caught up with her and asked her some questions. She then abruptly left with the cat. We understand from media accounts that the woman intended to take it home and care for it, but lost track of it in City Garden. We are hopeful someone will find the cat and contact us so we can properly care for it. So Corey is now being identified as a cat burglar, is what you're saying. Correct. Who steps in to take on the story from here? It's time for the professionals. And in this (laughs) case, it's the St. Louis feral cat outreach. They're a group of people, there's dozens of them, and by day they work jobs, and by night and weekends and sometimes in between, they trap, neuter, and return these cats. They do that to control overpopulation because if you don't spay and neuter cats, they keep reproducing. These women, uh, they're badasses, really. And so what these people do is they go to these places where there's a cat overpopulation problem, and they set down these traps, and they wait. And so how do they find Rally Cat, ultimately? They have a point of reference. So they've been keeping track with the media, They look at Corey Harris's Facebook page and reach out to her and say, hey, where was the cat last at? By the way, people are traipsing through the city garden that next day, like saying, here, kitty, kitty, trying (laughs) to find this cat. Like this cat's ever going to come out for, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, hey, this mob is looking for you. Would you mind coming on out? Yeah. Sure. Big dude in Cardinals jersey. (laughs) I will come out for you. Um, So this cat is like, he's hunkered in and he's scared. One thing I asked, um, I asked why this cat, there are thousands of cats, probably tens of thousands of cats roaming around in Missouri. Most of these people in this TNR group, they're not huge sports fans. They weren't doing it to claim this famous cat. They were doing it because the cat was super young and they knew where the cat was. And this is what they do. If there's a cat who's in peril or in danger, then then they will try to trap it. And so that's what they did that night. Five people, four women, one man. They showed up at midnight when everything was quiet and brought some traps and the fish juice and they had been kind of rooting around the bushes for like an hour. And and they decided that 
they should just leave one person there, give the cat some silence. The only person left was a woman named Amy Jordan, and she goes to Quick Trip and gets a cup of coffee, and she waits 45 minutes. She comes back and peers into the first trap, and there are these two glowing lights staring back at her. So, mind you, it's 3 a.m. She takes pictures, right? And she sends them a message, says, got him. So everybody's tired, right? They go to sleep. Their social media person posts at 7.30 in the morning, hey, we think we might have found what looks like Rally Cat. And everything explodes from there. Everybody wants to get a hold of them. Everybody wants the cat, basically. Well, it's also because baseball-wise, like this cat, it's more than a nice marketing thing. It's actually kind of this talisman for the organization and for their fan base. So what do they want to do? What are their grand plans for the return, the grand return of Rally Cat? They almost immediately plan a Rally Cat Appreciation Day and they want to adopt the cat. These women deal with cats, thousands of cats that nobody wants. And here's this billion-dollar entity that wants this cat. So at first it looks like a win-win situation until they find out what they're going to do with the cat. They're going to have the cat live in the clubhouse of all places with like a bunch of guys getting ready and, you know, a bunch of loud athletes. And they know that that will never work to have a semi-feral cat living in a clubhouse with all that activity. So do the Cardinals ever reach out to the feral cat folks? Yes, they do. There's a, a guy named Ron Waterman who was the Cardinals' VP of communications, and he called to inquire about the kitten. And he reached a volunteer, um, Lindsay Slama, who was probably the biggest Cardinals fangirl of everyone in the whole group. So she was obviously excited. She said, hey, I, I think it would be neat if one of the players adopted the cat. But in hindsight, Lindsay kind of wonders if if Ron Waterman misinterpreted that. Now we're getting this like one-sided because although Ron Waterman doesn't work for the Cardinals anymore, he did not want to be interviewed for this story. Um, so, Clearly there is a there is a custody battle that yes. has stuck in the craw of various participants involved. There was a story that the Post-Dispatch, their columnist, Tony Messenger, he wrote a column about like what basically the feral cat outreach people do. And there was a line in there in that column about how um, after the rabies hold, the cat would be sent to a no-kill shelter to be adopted. And the Cardinals saw that and, and really took exception to it because in their minds, that's their cat. The cat was at their stadium. He's the rally cat. That's their cat. Waterman told the the Post-Dispatch that the cat would be returned to them. And he said Mike Matheny and the players were looking forward to loving and caring for him. When the women, their contention was, hey, we never promised you this cat and we don't want the cat living in the clubhouse. 
I mean, Les, they are the cat people, after all. I mean, they would seem to be the ones who know the best course of action here, cat-wise, but public sentiment, very conspicuously, did not wind up on their side. What did the cat outreach group experience? They used somebody's home address for their mailing address, and... You know, people came to that house and were, like, yelling obscenities outside this person's house. Uh, One time, someone yelled, I hope you die. It got pretty bad, and they did sort of feel like the city was against them. How ridiculous and how shameful can you people be? What a bunch of losers. I hope you guys get exactly what you deserve. You make me sick. Shame on you. Now, you had people who are animal people who were on their side. I hope uh, you will not give uh, that rally cat back to the Cardinals. What they did was appalling, the way they mishandled that situation. Uh, I didn't know you people existed, but uh, keep up the great work. They really dug in when the Cardinals had sort of issued that salvo saying, hey, uh, this is our cat. And both sides, it kept getting more and more heated. So as the heat is rising and lawyers are now getting involved, there is a final chapter to disentangle after the break. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Liz, the lawyer that the cat people, that they call in for help, it seems fair to say that he is a St. Louis fat cat himself. Yes. His name is Albert Watkins. If there is a a weird case that involves a lot of media or something very unusual in St. Louis, there's a good bet that Albert Watkins is going to be involved. He is currently representing the QAnon shaman. Of course he is. What's really interesting is one of the factors that really did strike a chord with the shaman was the fact that I had been an advocate for a cat. I was called upon to make sure that, that the best interests in, in, in safety and health and welfare of that, that cat were prioritized over 
the commercial exploitation and marketing of the brand and images of the rally cat. At this point, the feral cat outreach people are getting a little paranoid. They're thinking, somebody's going to steal this kitten. Mm. So they start moving the cat around from residence to residence, called in Albert Watkins, and he gladly exchanged some cat puns in the media and, you know, reached out to the Cardinals and issued a few, like a statement. And what they basically wanted Albert Watkins to do was make it go away. For a nonprofit organization, go up against, you know, the Cardinals. I think that anyone would say probably that they're going to be a little bit overmatched in that. When yeah, well, they were like overmatched that. until until they uh, until they hired the guy with a loud mouth, who, with a certain degree of humor, made sure the Cardinals knew to to stand back and be respectful. He he communicates to the Cardinals that they're not going to get the cat, and at this point. I mean, you're fighting with these poor uh, feral cat volunteers. I'm sure that there was a big part of the Cardinals that just wanted this whole saga to end, too, because they weren't looking good either. In the meantime, the Cardinals started losing, you know, when all this was happening, and um, they ended up not making the playoffs. So the lawyer, the big-time lawyer, makes all of this go away, but what happens to Rally Cat himself? After everything fell apart with the Cardinals, he was fostered for about a month, and then he was fostered by another person, and that person ended up adopting the cat. I'd asked repeatedly, can I talk to the owner? Can I meet the cat? Well, in talking to the group of women, they're like, here is a contact info for someone who knows the person who adopted them. So I eventually got a hold of this person. They were giving such a vivid description of what was going on with this cat. I'm like, you're the owner, aren't you? And they're like, yes. (laughs) It's a good story, though. The cat has this, like, luxurious catio that Mm. he can go out. And I think it's multi-story outside. He's living a great life. But then I'm thinking in my mind, I sort of need proof of life, right? Correct. No, trust but verify. Yes. Exactly. So I set up a Zoom call with this cat. (laughs) And she says, well, you know, he doesn't like having pictures taken of him. And he always runs when Uh. I try to take pictures. Could this be sort of some PTSD from his media frenzy? Or Liz Merrill, were you being catfished? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for that one. I'm proud of that one. Yes. So we FaceTime and she says he's in a good mood today, which is hilarious, right? I'm like, the interview subject (laughs) is a cat. And um, he had no comment. (laughs) He's not called Rally Cat anymore. He's called RC. And to this day, if you ask anybody in St. Louis... They know who the rally cat is, and they're infinitely curious as to what happened to him. Liz Merrill, thank you for telling us a story that was catnip for cat people and non-cat people alike. Thank you for having me. I'm 
Pablo Torre, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.